just fury. Not Nicholas. Not Nick. Just fury. For years, you've been avoiding Earth. But I have called for your help plenty of other times, and you've been pretty content to let those calls go straight to voicemail. Yeah, well, this is different. Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. How much do you know about your security detail? What do you mean, how much do I know about him? Just Call Me Fury, Secret Invasion Classified. Fury, we gotta be very careful now. shape for this fight that lies before us. This is just the beginning. This is my war. Alone. And I'm the last person standing between them and what they really want. And what is that? Again, welcome to the first episode of uh, our latest Marvel cast, Earth's Mightiest Podcast spinoff. Yeah, spinoff. You know, we have this little thing called Disney Plus where, if let's just say, if we did all of the spinoff shows on the main show, we'd have about four or five hours worth of material on that show. So we have these spinoffs in our little fractured podcasting timeline it gets complicated but then again so does marvel and with this multiverse idea mm. i am your host david Sennin, the master of ceremonies and with me on this episode of um just call me fury secret invasion classified your friend and mine our filling co-host for the time being Mark, we love you, buddy. And your friend of mine, all the way on Dagobah or Florida, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going? And I might not be Kyle. I could be a scroll. <laughs> Fury. Since you've been gone, things have gotten much worse. Why do you think I came back? You're in no shape for this fight that lies before us, old friend. This is personal. Very few of us know about the wars fought in the shadows that have raged on this planet. Do you feel responsible? 
where are the Avengers? This war is one I have to fight. Alone. You're the most wanted man on the planet. You don't know what they have planned for you. Great Nick Fury. just say up front uh, I may be feeling a little blue because I'm like Marvel damn you there's one thing you did here that I don't think I'm gonna be forgiving you for for at least a while oh well I'm curious to find out what it is because I this is this is a show I've been highly anticipating because I really felt like it was going to kind of get us back a little bit to that spy feel, thriller feel of Winter Soldier that, and I think it, that Winter Soldier, Tom Clancy espionage stuff. Yeah, and I think in some ways it has, because I think this show has been kind of a tribute to to some of those classic early '80s spy Cold War thrillers. Oh, it has, yeah. But I think there's some things in here that are going on that, at least through the first two episodes, that make me realize I think this show is actually going to play out a lot like Andor, where we're not going to be able to judge it until we get about halfway. through halfway to three quarters of the way through it because there's so there's a lot of heavy stuff and a lot of chess pieces moving at this point and we get, we're gonna have to see how it's going to play out you know i'm glad you made the comparison to andor um or our very sort of uh, espionage uh thriller thing itself or star wars for adults i know the internet hates that but come on it's real okay deal with it but um because Andor was slow burn, but the keg was like right there, right at the end. Right at the very end, right? Yep. Here, it felt like you had at least two big, big moments and then the keg. So it wasn't quite a slow burn all the way through up oh. to the end. It just felt like it added more than Andor. I actually liked it better than the premiere of Andor, and I didn't think I would say that going in. So uh, what I'll say is this. is Obviously, it's moving at a little bit faster pace than Andor because it's mm -hmm. only six episodes compared to Andor's two seasons of 12 episodes. Right, yeah. Um, what I also think, though, is uh, as far as we have the first two episodes out, I, I really kind of feel like, first two episodes were like a lot of setting up the chess pieces on the board. They were, and I think, yeah. And I think it did a pretty good job of doing that, and I really think we're going to see episode three really start to up the, up the level of it. Right. right. No, I can definitely agree with that, yeah. But I think I think in these first two episodes, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fun to be had here. I think there is some definite criticism you can throw out for this show. Mm-hmm. Through the first two episodes, but I think this is one of those ones that it kind of in ways reminds me of WandaVision, where people weren't quite sure what they were watching the first couple of episodes. Wait, WandaVision? What? Yeah, well, what I'm saying is in the aspect of 
people weren't seeing the full picture of what was going on with WandaVision until about the third episode, third or fourth episode. And I think here, it, once we hit episode three, people are going to have a much better feeling for what is going on in the show. Well, it's funny. You, you use the WandaVision comparison, and then you're like, yeah, and if you really go by Multiverse of Madness, which was basically WandaVision episode 10, they really didn't know. Yeah. Well, there's that too, but... So let me, let me ask you this. We have two episodes in, Mr. Sendon. What have your, been your impressions of Secret Invasion coming out of the game? I I really like it. I mean, I, I what I do find remarkable is it, it, it makes... Now, look, a lot of the time I've not bought into Feige's, you know, uh, nonsense idea of uh, anything from these shows complementing or retexturizing uh, one of the movies, right? Mm-hmm. This, even two episodes in, and especially with our second episode, but we'll talk about that in a bit, this basically re retexturizes and makes more important uh, Captain Marvel. I'm Nick Fury. Been riding the desk for the past six years, trying to figure out where our future enemies are coming from. Official shield activity. Never occurred to me they would be coming from above. You say this thing looked like Coulson. Hmm. Talk like him, too. Jake We can't trust anyone. Not even our own men. Now I stand before you as my true self. Without deception. I just want to talk. My people lived as refugees. Homeless. Talos. Sorry. And the handful of us that are left will be slaughtered next. There are thousands of us separated from each other. This is just the beginning. They won't be safe here. They need a long home. So let me let me say this real quick because I do think this is something that the creators of the the, the creative minds in the MCU, Kevin Feige and everybody else, mm-hmm. are very good at, and that is even if something didn't feel that good or that important, they have a way of later on down the road making those kind of things become important. Are and they, re- I think they, they are you referring to oh I don't know a celestial head of a god well, sticking out well, of the ocean? Well, we, got, we've, we still haven't dealt with that, but I mean, if you think about it, let's hit the rewind a little bit. All right. They did enough. They didn't did enough to make Thor: The Dark World feel somewhat important because of how things played out with Endgame. They they I, made. I'm the, still not giving a uh, a sympathetic eye to that movie. No, but they I don't made care the how I don't care how much the MCU asked me to do so. I am looking at the Dark World and going pass. Okay, well, let, let me let me finish. You got your personal okay, thought go in there. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Look what they did for the Mandarin, and and bringing it back and having it make sense and be fun in Shang Chi. But still, remind me of the trash that was Iron Man three with Trevor Slattery. No, but they still they 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 went back and made the Slattery character 
Again, it, it's 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 a they matter made, of they made it be, they made him even dumber to be honest with you. But they, but they made it fun. Yeah, okay, they made it they made it at least more tolerable than Shane Black's creative ass could come right. up with. So that that so that's what I'm saying. They have they have a history of at least um finding uses for things that maybe didn't go over well in the in the in the first go around. I don't know if they can do that with Eternals, but that's a whole other. Right, right, yeah, that's a whole other story. But I, I, they, they are, they're very good about building on things they've already done, and I think that it, that that comes from the creative minds involved, and that honestly does come from Kevin Feige's love for Marvel comics. Yeah, Kyle. Again, you you call it creativity, I call it sheer dumb luck. Well, I, 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 I don't, I, I, I disagree with you there. You don't have, you don't create that kind of. Mm, yeah, you do. Eh, I can not, think not, of not. I can think of a certain bearded flannel wearing fella who got lucky for forty years. Anyway, let's go on. So, I just I I think what especially with the first episode of Secret Invasion, this is a very interesting series for Marvel because it really cannot be based off of what they did in the comics in the Secret Invasion comic, right? Because yeah. In the comic, it was dealing with multiple Marvel heroes who had been replaced with scrolls and everything of that nature, and they just they can't go there. Yeah, and also I, I that would fundamentally undo a lot of what you you did in Endgame. Damn you! Stark. Hey, Mr. Stark, can you hear me? It's Peter. Hey, we won, Mr. Stark. We won, Mr. Stark. We won, you did it, sir, you did it. I'm sorry, Tony. Friday, 
Mm-hmm. Which look, I I'd be I'd be totally fine with because I was only impressed by like forty five minutes of my game and it wasn't throughout the rest of the movie because it was the ending. So yeah, sorry, I'm gonna be that guy. But so, but generally speaking, you you would run the risk of undoing a lot of what you did in Endgame, and I really don't think they're up for doing that. Well, that's why guessing. that's why I kind of think and thank God because I don't want him back. The uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, discussions of him as Iron Man again. I think I read something where they were off the table. I'm like, thank God. Well, I only have one acceptable way to bring Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. It has nothing with him wearing a suit. Superior. So, um, no, actually, I would have. I would be cool with the concept they used in the early issues of the Ironheart comic, where Robert Downey, where Tony Stark had died, but Tony Stark had left an AI version of himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he kind of became a Jarvis. Yeah, I re yeah, I remember that. You know, and, how, for, for first of all, side note. You know how I was saying uh, Superior, mm -hmm. right? which is the version of Iron Man I want to see, because honestly, he was a bigger dick than Tony, so. And I hate this guy to no end. Uh, but the only person I would accept playing Superior Iron Man. Tom Cruise? Yeah. Yeah. Because, he's been rumored to be linked to that for a while. Because I'm sorry. How could you. How could you listen to his wonderful monologue in Tropic Thunder and not be like, get that asshole in Superior Iron Man right now? This is the last horseman. Who is this? This is Flaming Dragon! Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuckface. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Now, I don't know what kind of pan-Pacific bullshit power play you're trying to pull here, but Asia Jack is my territory. So whatever you're thinking, you better think again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to head down there, and I will rain down on a godly fucking firestorm upon you. You're going to have to call the fucking United Nations and get a fucking binding resolution to keep me from fucking destroying you. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. I will fuck you up. Well, I, I think in this case, to going the route they have with Secret Invasion, where it's more of a spy thriller dealing with Captain Marvel, Nick Fury kind of more, a little bit more on his own. Though so I, I have I have thoughts on that too. Oh, um, I'm sure I have a few thoughts on that. And and ha having it also kind of feel like it's going to be the series of about how Fury got his groove back. More or less, yeah. Or. Have it be if this were a movie, it'd be called uh, Nick Fury Rogue Nation. So, I, I'm liking what they're doing with it. I'm liking getting Talos involved. I, I like 
I love the casting of this. Um, not only Sam Jackson, obviously, obviously Ben Mendelsohn, who is always fantastic. I love the casting of Amelia Clark as the daughter of Ben Mendelsohn's Talos. I, I love it too, mainly because look, and, and we talked about it to death. We won't anymore, especially on here. It's a Marvel show, but come on. Her as Kira, it's just great to see Amelia Clark back in something under the Disney umbrella. Yeah, and the other the other thing, and this is to me, David, this is the person I'm enjoying the most on this show right now. Olivia Coleman. Yeah, it's it's Olivia Coleman. She um, is a goddamn delight. I've been a fan of Olivia Coleman's for a very long time. Uh, she has a, she has like, okay, I'm gonna reference this to Candy, right? Gonna mm-hmm. seem like a very strange reference, but follow me on this. If Olivia Coleman were candy, she'd be the Turkish delight that the White Witch gives uh, out in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. What do you know about a heist at a black market storage facility in Kazakhstan happened a couple days ago? Doesn't ring a bell. You know, I may not know when a scroll is pretending to be a human, but I sure as hell know when a human is lying. You know damn well what was in that storage vault. The fact that you don't know tells me all I need to know about this new, rather old Nick Fury. I think Thanos' snap changed you, taught you that no matter how hard you fight for what's right, there's always someone stronger to undermine you. You seem to forget this old Nick Fury has 30 years of hands-on experience with the Skrulls. I know the nature of this threat way better than you ever will. Is that your idea of an offer of some sort of collaboration between us? We used to work pretty well together back in the day. Back in the day, you would have seen my rather mediocre bag men coming a mile away. The fact that you didn't see them coming means you haven't a hope in hell of seeing Gravik and his rebels coming, which makes you, as a partner, rather pointless. Yep. Right. Uh, I, she has been phenomenal in this. We'll get more. I want to talk about more when we talk a little bit more about episode two. But I'm oh, trying to keep, I, my... I will say, if what they do here is, is true... Right, mm-hmm. and a certain character is gone, then Olivia Coleman is a wonderful addition to uh, just the not just this but MCU going forward. Well, um, you know, so in the first I episode, mean, I I don't I don't quite necessarily see it being her outside of this. To be honest, yeah, I think I think there's ways they can use her character because her character. If you pay attention to her name, her last name is Fallsworth. And in the in Marvel Comics, that name has a lot of history as, um, in the aspect of the original Union Jack was Lord Fallsworth. His mm-hmm. son was the second Union Jack who fought in World War II with Captain yeah. America, uh, along with his daughter, who became the hero known as Spitfire. I remember um, that. They basically took Union Jack and uh, gender flipped. Well, not so much gender flipped. She would... She had. She was actually one of their main villains. Was the character of Baron Blood, and she was actually bit by Baron Blood, but it had a side effect. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, some kind of suit, like some speed powers and slower aging mm-hmm. and things yep. like that. Yep. Um, but here's the thing: we also have had a Fallsworth already introduced in the MCU because um, Lord Fallsworth in the MCU was one of the members of the Howling, Howling Commandos in Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh, that's right. Which one was that? Uh, he was the Brit. He was the Brit. 
the, there was a British member of the Howling Commandos, and that was Lord. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she couldn't. Olivia Coleman here could be like his daughter, like a, his daughter or granddaughter or something like that. Yeah, there's some there's some relation there. So there's there's a lot of history they can go with with the Fallsworth name that they could even tie in with CB4 Secret Invasion ends. Right. So that that's very interesting. Obviously, there's a, there's still questions about who's a scroll, who's not. Um, I'm going to say this too, and I, this kind of goes into episode two, but the villain uh, in for this show, uh, Dervik, I believe is what how they how they pronounce how they Gravik. Gravik, yeah. There is something about that actor who just has that presence to play this kind of character. Yeah, can can I, I'm okay. I'm gonna say this right about it, okay. And it's a shame he's in the MCU already through this, not because he's not a great actor, but because I think that kind of cold, calculating uh, menace, right? Mm-hmm. Would have been more suited for you know at least in my head what I envisioned of as Kane. Yeah, I I don't think as much as I like this young actor, I don't think he has the chops yet to play Kane. Well, given certain things with Jonathan Majors, I'm like, yeah, well, we're not going to get That's another discussion altogether. And that's a whole other discussion. I, I like this young. I, I like him, but I don't think he's. Got it. For what the plan is for what Kang to be in the MCU? I don't know if he has the chops for that yet. But that's right. that's a whole other. That's a yeah. whole other. Well, issue. I guess we have to wait another Comic Con to figure out because uh, literally yeah, nobody's no going one's to this going one. This year. So, yeah, but what I re- one of the things I really like, one of the aspects I actually like about this Secret Invasion, which they established in the first episode, yeah. is I do like the fact they're dealing with Fury having a hard time with being blipped out. Yeah, yeah. And, um, the, and dealing with kind of the post-traumatic stress of that. But also, and and I'm going to get a little real for a bit, Kyle, uh, based on what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Also, not dealing too much with it, right? Not just mm-hmm. in this, but in any other property post-endgame. And the reason is, look, we have, you know, the blip, a very, um, you know, um, traumatic incident in the MCU. The reason I feel that we don't need um, we don't need much media media staying within that blip period, like case in point, those those missing what five years that that Marvel could easily do a movie on. You know, maybe it's a maybe it's a Nomad movie. Who knows. But the reason I say we don't need it or be careful how you deal with it is, Kyle, as far as a big sort of blip or interruption event, in our real world, we kind of already have one. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I think, I th- and I get where you're coming from. And, you see what and, I mean, though? Yeah. 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 But I, I think in this case, having it be Fury who's doing this, and because we're so used to Fury being just calm, cool, and collected, and always in control. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool and seeing a, the cool as a cucumber, Fury. Yeah. So seeing Fury off of his game a little bit, and also not only dealing with the blip, but I think dealing with age a little bit as well. Just a and bit. Still, I mean, I mean, 
we got we kind of saw that in the form of an eighty year old man this past weekend. Yeah, but I mean, you so you have those two aspects, and you have Fury, who's been basically kind of out of the game, even though he thinks he hasn't been. But other mm-hmm. people around him are seeing him as being out of it, whether it's Talos, uh, Sonya Fallsworth, or um, Maria, even, uh, even Maria Hill. And I think I think that it, it showed in the events that happened in this episode where in this first episode where Fury, even though he still has his moments here and there, he got one put over on him and it cost him with at a pretty high price because of it. Uh, yeah. Now, before we get there, I got to go back to the bar scene. I'm sorry. It, it, I almost have the I almost. I almost did the double take of shock, right? Because I'm like, did an MCU product really get away with that joke? Well, they did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, wow. Wow. I am sure they get extra leeway because they get extra leeway from Mr. Jackson himself. Well, and also... But it is surprising. It's almost like the surprising oh. quality of, you know, giving, um, um, you know, uh, uh, giving Chris Pratt, Star Lord, Peter Quill, the first swear word in Marvel. Yeah, well, but let's 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 okay, fine. You want to talk about that? Let's talk about. We won't get into it until a little bit later, but mm-hmm. the, the conversation that's had between Rhodey and Nick Fury in Episode Two. Yeah. They let him get away with a lot there too. Well, again, don't don't go forward. We're not there yet. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just I'm just bringing it up because I think when you have Samuel L. Jackson, you get a lot more lenience. Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of. I'm sorry. The Star Wars guy in me laments the fact laments that a bit when you're talking Sam Jackson, because I feel that had George been smarter, he would have actually utilized Sam Jackson the way he should have. Oh, yeah, but that, you know. No, I, Kyle, Kyle, that's a whole podcast. Kyle, Kyle, I understand that. But when you have Sam Jackson in your movie or you have Sam Jackson in your show or whatever it is, you... And I'll go Sam Jackson here. You fucking utilize Samuel fucking Jackson. Right. And I think I think I think Secret Invasion is definitely utilizing him. Yeah, exactly. So the Star Wars side of me laments that. And and now kids, before you start complaining, I'm not going over your side because your side doesn't make sense. That this was well before George sold everything. This is when he still had it. So well, moving on, let, right, let's get to. All right, I'm I'm done. I'm done. Let, let's get to let's get to the big thing that happens in this episode with the what looks to be murder of Maria Hill. Hill.
And I say looks to be for for several reasons, not just because we're dealing with scrolls and we're dealing with the spies. Okay, okay. Give me a shred of hope. Give me, give me decency. Hell, I didn't like it very much, ABC. But give me Project Tahiti and get Maria in there right now. Um, I I can give you hope, and I don't even have to go to Agents of Shield. Oh, thank God. Go ahead. I can go to the Winter Soldier because if you remember. We all thought Nick Fury died in the Winter Soldier. Oh, are you talking... Wait a minute. Are you talking that? They cut you open. Your heart stopped. Tetrodotoxin B. Slows the pulse to one beat a minute. Banner developed it for stress. Didn't work so great for him, but we found a use for it. Why all the secrecy? Why not just tell us? Any attempt on the director's life had to look successful. Can't kill you if you're already dead. Besides, I wasn't sure who to trust. That where the thing that like one heartbeat per minute. Well, um, Hulk isn't exactly using his medication the way he should. Right. So, so and how we are talking about for as much as we say Fury's off his game, we still are talking about Nick Fury here. Who knows if he could have set something up knowing we were dealing with scrolls that made it look like Maria Hill was taken off the board and she actually wasn't. Because if you notice, okay. and I'm going to go to, okay. I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump to episode. I, I, can, I, I feel a little better now. I'm feeling you jumped a, it, a yeah. little better. If you jump to episode two. Yeah. When Fury is talking with Maria Hill's mom. Yeah. Doesn't he seem a little low on emotion for somebody who's supposed to be his most trusted aide? And even like not really even giving, giving, basically giving her mom the line. Yeah, you're 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 jumping ahead again. Don't do that. Well, I but but I need to to validate my point with Maria Hill. So right. all all I'm saying is is that am I am I going to be surprised if she actually is dead? No, but am I going to be surprised if hey Maria Maria as they said in the classic Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Well, um, put it that way, I will forgive the show a little bit if it does that. So, but and, and, and you know, supposedly to, Maria Hill is supposed to be in the Marvels, right? To me, I well, yes, I found that news timing, uh, you know, kind of strange. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that news came out literally, you know, as this did. Right? You are correct. Yeah, so I found that timing a little strange. Plus, he's also, in Secret Invasion, he comes down from Saber. In the Marvels, we see him, at least in that trailer, on Saber. And he was also looking in a lot better shape. But I have a feeling we're going to see that classic Nick Fury look before this Secret Invasion series is over. Uh, Well, if you keep in mind the promos, we see... Uh, him go to, I think, uh, 
it's his gravesite grabbed his eye patch and old jacket. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So there, there's that too. So, I, I think what we're seeing right now and what they're doing in the first episode and even in the second episode, somewhat with Fury, and mm-hmm. I'll get into more details of that. But it is more about Fury having to learn he's he's not quite himself, and he's got to he's got to figure that out. Now, there there is a very important aspect I will point out, mm-hmm. right, uh, before we move on. And um, I, first of all, thank you, my friend, because you've given me hope that, you know, maybe what we saw was not exactly what, what they're doing. So I thank you for that. But on the other side, if it isn't, you know, and Maria is dead. Well, I have two 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 feelings on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The first is, God, the first is very similar to, um, you know, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Not so much the treatment drama of everything behind the film, but just generally the film. Uh, first of all, the film was too late. Uh, way too late. It was about 10 years too late. It should have been in lieu of Iron Man 3, like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and a Black Widow movie. Uh, well, so there it, you go. It, it should have come out right after Civil War. Right, yeah. Um, or that. But I kind of feel the same way about it because the reason I compare the two, right, Black Widow mm-hmm. and this, is you have a character... That that you just felt during Black Widow, right? Which is why I make the comparison. I felt just on the cusp of you can do so much more with this character, and then that's it, gone. Now narratively, she was gone already, so Black Widow was completely different back at discussion. But the same emotion was there, right? Yeah. Now here, here with Maria, I had the same thought. It's like. You were building up so much with her, right? Mm-hmm. And to just waste her like this, you're like, well, to me, that just sits as the uh, classic, you know, Marvel has a problem with uh, women. I mean, that, that that's just how I felt. And historically, Marvel's not been good in the female department. I, I I think I think that there's a mixed bag to that because I do think they've always written Scarlett Johansson as a pretty strong character. I, I look at the female, the women in Black Panther. Well, they wrote her as the sex pot of Avengers HQ. Let's be honest. Well, but th- that's always been an aspect of Black Widow, even in the even in the comics. Right, and 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 let's also be honest. It's Scarlett Johansson. She kind of does that herself. Yeah, it's just, it's, she does that just by being her. So you know, right. there, that. But which, I mean, which I, is why we all hate Colin. We're like, you son of a. Mm-hmm. We, we give him a high five when he walks by. We give him a high five, and yet we secretly curse him behind his back. We're like, you mother. Yeah, exactly. So, I I think I think with Maria Hill, and this is this is where it's just it's awkward because you know. 
she's kind of she's always been a part of there, but she's always been a kind of a background character. And I don't think there's ever been enough with Maria Hill, even honestly in the comics where they they could have really done anything like a mainstream comic with her. Yeah, I think she's been always one of those characters that's a great supporting character and makes things interesting. And I think that's been the case in the MCU too. But I I also look at this as I think if she's actually dead, the motivation and the effect it has on Fury is pertinent for the series as well. Because I think it makes the of the emotional effect I think it has on Fury, even though we may not have fully seen that yet. But I, I, it carries weight either way, and it's going to be very interesting to see if anything plays out with it or not over these remaining episodes of Secret Invasion. See, I'm glad you brought that point up because my second point, right, mm-hmm. was that it it's a great bookend to what. Um, you know, we started with in the first place where the Avengers just needed a little push. Now you sound like you. But you don't. You're a spy, not a soldier. Now you want to wade into a war. Why? What did Loki do to you? He didn't just... I've been compromised. I got red in my ledger. I'd like to wipe it out. Was he married? No. It was a uh, cellist, I think. I'm sorry. He seemed like a good man. He was an idiot. Why? For believing? For taking on Loki alone. He was doing his job. <laughs> he was out of his league. You should have waited. You should have. Sometimes there isn't a way out, Tony. Right. I've heard that before. Is this the first time you lost a soldier? We are not soldiers. I'm not marching in Fury's Fife. Neither am I. He's got the same blood on his hands that Loki does. But right now we gotta put that behind us and get this done. Now Loki needs a power source. If we can put together a list- He made it personal. That's not the point. That is the point. That's Loki's point. He hit us all right where we live. Why? To tear us apart. Yeah, divide and conquer is great, but he knows he has to take us out to win, right? That's what he wants. He wants to beat us, he wants to be seen doing it. He wants an audience. Right, I caught his act in Stuttgart. Yeah, that's just previous. This is this is opening night, and Loki, he's a full tilt diva. Right? He wants flowers, he wants parades, he wants a monument built to the skies with his name plastered. Son of a bitch. Time to go. Go where? Tell you on the way. Can you fly one of those jets? I can. You got a suit? Yeah. And suit up.
Son, just don't. Sir. Agent Hill? Those cards. They were in Colson's locker, not in his jacket. They needed the push. We have not authorized departure from bases. They found it. Get our communications back up, whatever you have to do. I want eyes on everything. Yes, sir. And what did what did what happens? Uh, he uses Colson's death to give him that little push. Yeah, and so um, um, you know Maria's death that still hurts. Robin, why, why, Robin Sparkles, why? Oh, oh, my emotions. Um, but uh, you know it it serves as that Nick Fury just needs a little pushed. Well, and I think I think that's a good segue to go into episode plus, two. Plus, I have a feeling that if she is dead and we get to episode six, you're going to see something where Gravik uh, uses the... He shifts into the image of Maria, but that's when uh, Fury doesn't hesitate and shoots him. Yeah. Well, and that could be it, too. We'll, we'll see. But yeah. I think I think that, that we can segue us into episode two because there's... A lot of chess pieces that get put on the board in episode two. There are, yeah. Um, not only do we have, so uh, let's 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 start off with Fury in this episode because. All right. With Fury, we we see him. He has two phenomenal scenes in this episode. One with Talos and Ben Mendelsohn, and another one later with Don Cheadle. J, uh, of course, Rhodey. Of course, I have a, see... I have a theory about uh, Rhodey that I'm oh, I want to talk to you about later. I have a big theory on Rhodey. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it may be the same one. We'll figure that out when we get to it. But <laughs> with, with with Nick Fury in this episode, we kind of start in a little bit in the beginning of the episode, him realizing there's a lot that he thought he knew that he doesn't know, including the fact that Talos finally admits, oh yeah, there's a million scrolls on Earth. That's just a little bit of a problem. Just just a smidge. And I have a feeling most of those scrolls showed up after the blip. Oh, that they were displaced from whatever new home they settled on? Yeah. Because just... I do not really buy that, you know, uh, Captain Marvel, they never found them one. Well, they could have, and they could have had a hard time finding a proper proper planet to inhabit. Probably, but, uh, but you know, the fact that we we went through that whole movie and they and they never found one. Yeah. Well, I think I think here's another thing that makes it interesting is, okay, so here's Earth that's in total chaos. What better time to sneak your race in that's shapeshifters onto the planet than when the planet is in total chaos? Well, um, giving. And I'm not just saying this for in the show, but just Earth in general. Given our state right now, and the MCU state right now, sorry, mm-hmm. they bleed together. It's like, who the fuck would notice? Well, that's the point. You know, after the blip, who's going to notice? People can't, you know, I'm not sure who's alive, who's dead, whatever. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it also shows, and I think this is something that's actually run all the way through Captain Marvel even back to Captain Marvel, is 
yes, there's a tr there's a there's a very strong bond between Talos and Theory, but they're still not what you would call. Both of them kind of know the score, and they still don't tell everybody each other everything. Right. All oh, right, but you find using us as your spies and your errand boys, as long as it's on your terms. The host gets to set the terms of the visitation. What happens when the host disappears? Huh? Because you were gone. And I didn't think you were coming back. I really didn't. And you know what? Even when you did come back, there was no talking to you about anything real. Your boots barely hit earth. And oh, it's too heavy here, man. I gotta go up to my space station. You've been up there for years. You knew how to get in touch with me, Talos. And you didn't because you didn't want me to know. My hope, my hope is that with your help, Squirrels and humans can coexist here on Earth. Humans can't coexist with each other, Talos. You've been here long enough to know that. We've been at war with each other since we could walk upright. There is not enough room or tolerance on this planet for another species. I Can I just say, I, I think the dialogue and acting-wise here is, is a oh, lot more on, on fire than episode one. Oh. Sam Jackson's cooking with when he's talking about riding the train with his mom and all that, all of that. And oh yeah, it almost makes me feel sad for Ben Mendelsohn because the one who shines like a beacon in that acting is Sam. Well, you know that's why he's Sam Jackson. Right. I mean, he's Samuel fucking Jackson for a reason. But then we go, we go in, and obviously he has other things going on and then he goes in and has what I think it to me is one of the best scenes in the MCU in quite a quite a while and that's that conversation he has with Rhodey. Oh yeah, yeah. That that one's the best. The world is on the line. The enemy is a million times more dangerous than Hydra, but they can only be vanquished by you alone. And you want me to make the power mean something by helping a brother out. But you should know better than most. The reason we wrestled this power from mediocre men who don't look like us was not simply to turn around and hand it to mediocre men who do. The point of this power is to be uncompromising, to be unsparing, to be able to sit across from a man we greatly admire, with whom we share an entire professional, personal, ancestral history with, and to tell him without any reservation that he's fired. That's what this moment right here right now is about Nick. <laughs> hey, he sent you to fire me? Nobody sent me. I volunteered. And not to put too fine a point on this, but that mess that you created in Moscow that resulted in getting one of our best people murdered, you earned all this smoke, brother. Are you seriously under the impression that just because you stripped me of my titles, I relinquished my DNA? Careful, Fury. And you wonder why you're out. I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. I mean, I was like, wow, they they went there. And I mean, they did it in a very intelligent way. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I think there's a couple of ways we need to look at this scene, Dave. Sure. Obviously, it's incredibly powerful. It is. Fury gets fired. He, 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 Sam Jackson gets the line of the show and maybe one of the best lines I've heard in a TV show or a movie line in a while. Line of the like, show, he gets the line of the decade, man. I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm still in. <laughs> so... I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's used as a major pickup line, not just Nick Fury, Sam Jackson. But I think there's a couple different ways we need to look at this conversation because I think there's a few different ways you can look at it. All right, go ahead. Let's look. I'm gonna start with the roadie side first. Okay. Now we have a roadie who has always had an internal conflict with being a superhero but being a military man. Yeah. It's always been, it's been a conflict from his character since the first Iron Man film. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really playing it up here. And I think it's making for some interesting things. But there's some other aspects to it. What are? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to flat out say it. Rhodey is near my top. My red flags are going all over the place that Rhodey might be a scroll. Yeah. Okay. Now that you bring that up, I'm just going to throw this at you. All right. Mm-hmm. What if, what if he's a scroll, and you know how we went from uh, Terrence to Don? Oh yeah, I've I've heard this. What if the scroll excuse people. is going from Don back to Terrence? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think that was happening, but I've heard other people say that. So. I don't think so either. But wouldn't that be amusing? But here's why I think there's a good chance Rhodey could be a scroll. All right, go ahead. Armor Wars. Armor Wars. Isn't that being turned into a movie, though? It is being turned into a movie, but they are you still using the same basic premise of Armor Wars, is that villains and people who are up to no good have gotten their hands on Stark Tech. Okay, yeah. And, and have incorporated into armor suits and things like that. What better way to cause chaos if I'm a scroll? than to get Stark Tech into hands that are going to do no good with it and just create more confusion so I go and, no, go and notice. And who's better going to have more access to Star Trek outside of Pepper Potts than Rhodey? Star Tech, not Star Trek. Yeah, I said Star Tech. Stark Tech. Can, I was just trying to make sure the Freudian yeah. slip didn't make people's ears go, what? Yeah, but who... So you have this scroll version of Rhodey who's underlyingly is getting out Stark Tech. And then what happens in Secret Invasion is they find the real Rhodey, which leads to his him being in Armor Wars, being the main character of Armor Wars, going to hunt down that tech that has gotten into the wrong hands. Hmm. I think I think I could see how that would play out. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised at this point if we didn't find out Sharon Carter was a scroll as well. Mm, yeah, I think I think there's something uh, you know bigger with Sharon, but I'll talk about that in another point. I, I think I think there's a point at this series where something could happen, and scrolls get revealed. Scrolls in hiding just all get revealed at once. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's on the Fury side of it, though. And this is where if Rhodey isn't a scroll. And where Rhodey's trying to work both sides, the military side, but still try to help Fury. Mm-hmm. And I could see where Fury would play down this aspect. 
the best thing for Fury maybe to be fired, quote unquote, fired. It's the best thing for the U.S. It's the best thing for Fury because then the U.S. can Fury can do whatever he wants without hurting the United States because the U.S. can say they've washed their hands from him. It basically makes Fury a free agent to do whatever he needs to do. The Nick Fury Rogue Nation. Yes. Exactly. So there is that aspect of it too. Now, what I find interesting is after that scene happens, we see Fury kind of looking like a little disheveled and like off, but you know, he could be putting on an act, which of course then leads us to what is the biggest revelation of this episode. Now, now look, backtrack, you totally glossed over the flashback. Well, yes, yeah, so there is the there is the flashback too at the begin at the beginning of the episode where we see him first kind of bringing scrolls together and making the deal with them. Yeah, you help and, me and I'll can help I, you find can I, Well, time out. Can I say that is a far better use than a previously on. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because I'm sorry. This show has utilized its, uh, what, has the, what have the first two episodes been? Over 55 minutes? Each episode is timed out to just between 58 minutes to 60 minutes. Okay. Th these episodes have done such a better job than any of the... The other shows that have that have wasted their time with the previously on and then recapping last week. Yeah, no, I I agree. Plus, we we see a young Gravik who we kind of understand his motivations a little more now mm -hmm. after hearing what he had been through. So, yeah, I think I, that's that's important too because it's 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 setting up how Furious trying to at that point still believed in being able to somehow. Unite the scrolls and humans, and obviously that feeling has gone out the window. But yeah, then again, that gets us to our major revelation at the end of the episode. Right, Fury is married, and it looks like he's married to a scroll. But uh, David, Fury's a Fury's a big dumb hypocrite. Well, but sorry, I'm just gonna say it. Fury's a big dumb well, hypocrite. No, hear me out. Okay. I love to hear I, I, you explain I, I, I this want one. you to think about something, and if you need to go back and rewatch that scene, rewatch that scene. Sure, go ahead. I'd love to hear you explain this. When the scene opens, we see Fury, Fury's wife, as a scroll in the kitchen, cut, cooking up everything. Cutting up cucumber, and, which again yeah. is hilarious. But then she hears the door, and by the time Fury turns the corner, she's human-looking. Okay. What if? And I'm not going to go and say as far as Fury doesn't know his wife is a scroll. But what if Fury did marry a human woman and at some point during the blip or in the recent just recent events while Fury's been over up going back back and forth on the satellite, he didn't replace her with a scroll. I'm sorry, what? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. No, I'm sorry, what? Could you say it again because that sounds really, really dumb. Well, no, I don't I don't necessarily think so. But again, I'm not I'm just speculating because I, in truth I believe that Fury knows he's married to a scroll. I'm just but I am speculating this because again, Fury walks in the house and by the time Fury's around the corner, she's already back in she, into she's in a human form before Fury even lays eyes on her. Right. 
And then there's a the whole thing where you're forgetting something. Fury not wearing the reading, the, the ring is more indicative of him being a good spy because he doesn't want to have anything that can be noticed as a weakness. Right. So that part I get. But again, Fury doesn't, from what we see in the episode, Fury doesn't necessarily, Fury's wife turns into a human form before Fury sees her. So yeah. I'm just saying, is there a possibility, and I think it's a long shot, but I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here because I thought this when I watched it, that Fury, had, Fury got married to a human, but at some point, either while he was blipped out or because he's been spending so much time up on the Sabre satellite that this, the, the, the uh, scroll faction at some point replaced his human wife with a scroll. Okay. All right. This is where this is where I go into a little tirade of this is just kind of lazy if you're always using the scroll excuse. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm not using. No, the no, scroll. I'm not talking you. I'm talking the show. But I don't even think in this case with it being Fury, it's necessarily a scroll excuse, because if if I'm Gravik who. And my, I, I'm afraid Fury is my probably my, one of my biggest opponents. Right. And yeah. and, uh, we, and we already know he knows how to cover the bases, and we're going to get to that here shortly. Wouldn't I want to make sure I have somebody who has an eye on Fury most of the time? True, yeah. So I'm not, I, again, I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying keep that in the back of your mind in case this, in case episode three takes a weird left turn. Oh, it's always in the back of my mind. Um, you know, same with this. I think by the end of this, and I thought this going back to the train sequence, yeah, something tells me, you know, Fury's going to end up uh, straight up executing Talos. Uh, I don't know if he's going to execute Talos, but I can see Talos dying in this series. Oh yeah, either by either by Fury or Gravik. Yeah. So I I I can I, I can see that coming. So. But um, speaking of Gravik, let's talk a little bit about Gravik. Sure, since we didn't before. Well, because I think I don't I think it was really this episode where we really understand just how powerful and how how much of a threat Gravik truly is. Right. I mean, this is a guy who walks into the council where we think it's some of the biggest world leaders, and it turns out that they are scrolls, and basically just walks in, says this, says a few words, and they make him the colonel and have them giving him a de declaration of go to war. Right. Yeah. Except yeah, for yeah. the one one who doesn't call Talos, who ends up calling Talos, and Talos is just like he's at the point now where he's just a concerned father and wants to save his daughter. Right. Can but, I say? Can I say something that, you know, I find, um, I forget the actor's name, but uh, Shooter McGavin. Yep, Shooter I'm McGavin's like, been a scroll. It explains so much. At the... Yes, yes, yes. 90s Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler villains being uh, shitty villains today. Yeah, exactly. But the other thing the other thing with Gravik, and I think this was just very cool, and I'm gonna, this is going to get into something else. Two things. 
it is very obvious he's almost got like a cult-like following within the scrolls. Yeah, if only there was something to compare that to. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Quite a unfortunately, bit. too much. Yeah, unfortunately, way too much. But I mean, that—that's how it comes across. It's like they just have complete and one hundred percent belief in him and whatever he's going to do. No, I know, I know. I'm just okay. I'm just gonna say it, mm-hmm. right? Graphic and that element is far more effective. That is far more what I personally thought we get when you had a certain Anakin Skywalker turn. Yeah. Well, here, here here's the other thing. With there, I said it. <laughs> so here's the other thing with Gravik, though, and that I, I, I'm noticing is he is playing chess with me, period, right now. Yeah, he is. Because he's always thinking a few steps ahead. Because... And the supposed death of Maria uh, well, was but, the first move. But Well, but another move that's hit on the board was when they asked, they asked and said, well, what about the Avengers? And said, I have a plan for you. Which is going to then now tie us into our, our lovely uh, Gaia when she's kind of trying to get information and kind of poking around. And we see some of the stuff that flashes up on a computer screen. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe one is Groot. We have Groot. Which I'll obvi- right now. Obviously, have- there's remains of Groot in from the Battle of Wakanda. Right. Let's we follow this logically. And yeah, there's that really god awful scene, a post credit scene in Thor: The Dark World. Ugh, shiver. The hand of, and then we have the hand of Cole Obsidian. I was getting to that. Um, yeah, we have the hand of Cole Obsidian that Wong cut off, mm-hmm. and then we have Extremis. Yeah, if you look, there's another screen that shows up and. The, the person who's listed on it who has died mm-hmm. was one of um, kill, Ald, Killian Aldridge's extremist soldiers from Iron Man 3. Yep, of course, from that really forgettable Shane Black movie. Um, so, but, but, but here's here's the trick to this, David. What? Well, we have no Fantastic Four yet. So, okay. how are we going don't, to... Don't, don't go where I think you're going. Just well, don't. Don't go well, where I think you're going. I want I want you to stop and think about this. Really think about this. I don't want to, but go uh, ahead. So you have these four elements. Mm-hmm. Group, group representing powers that are similar to Mr. Fantastic. Uh, no, please don't. Please don't. Coal Obsidian, big monster creature. Extremist that deals with heat. And if I remember correctly, the Frost Beast has some form of, like, camouflage kind of thing. Please, please don't. I can see what you're doing. No, don't. Don't. And whether we actually, whether we actually get it full on, there is, and if you, and you see, and if you go watch it at Secret Invasion, the first Secret Invasion trailer, you even see it in one of the scenes real quickly where a scroll, and it might even be our main guy, stretches out one of his appendages. Don't know. No. The, the elements there are in place to either give, start creating a super scroll program or creating a full on super scroll. No, God, no. The only, okay, the only thing that's going to make me feel better after what Kyle just put me through is Vanessa Kirby as the Invisible Woman. That's it. We're, we're much that's closer it. to than we were a few days ago. 
Oh my god, that, that's it. Look, if we had to get rid of Margot Robbie, I mean, sure, she'll probably go play Harley Quinn again. Fine. But give me Vanessa Kirby because more Vanessa Kirby, yes, please. Although I will side note that mm -hmm. if you cast Vanessa Kirby, can we maybe tone the invisibility down, like, a bit? Well, they also have a new frontrunner, supposedly, for Reed Richards now, too. Yes, and I'll just say, Matt Smith certainly fits more the smartest man alive. Uh, Adam Driver, you are the weakest link. Yeah. But, now, David, I'm not going to... I know a lot, of, a lot of the ladies are upset with me over that, but... Yeah, well, I, I'm a huge Matt Smith fan, so I'd be down for that, but... <laughs> Back on the back on the what I'm talking about. Right. I'm not saying you're going to get a super scroll that has all four of these powers. I certainly hope not. But what I think they are setting up is to have scrolls that have aspects of their DNA of these things DNA within them, giving them the more. Because I think I think what they what we have established for the scrolls for a very long time is yes, they can change shape. That doesn't mean they get the powers of the person they change the shape into. See, I, I think we're going into something like that. that it's definitely going to be Super Scroll because I I don't... I mean, by the way, when Disney bought Fox, didn't they get everything Fantastic Four back and that included Super Scroll? Yes, they did. Yeah, because I don't think they had Super Scroll for a thing for a while, right? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, because he was part of Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer. Yeah. But but, but, they have, but they had the term scroll, did they not? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they didn't really get that even until Fantastic. That was part of Fantastic Four. No, I mean rights-wise, because otherwise they couldn't have done anything with them and them Marvel. Uh, they might have had scroll from Avengers. Nah, well, keep them. I'm just saying, if they didn't have the rights at all, Captain Marvel would have happened later in the movie, not when they did. But neither here nor there. Here's the thing. Yes, the Super Scroll when he first came out was a, a silly character design and it, design. It was. It was very silly. I will say this: over the years, there has been some great writing on the character of the Super Scroll himself, and a lot of character development with that character, to where that is actually a very interesting character in the comics. It is. Yeah. But. Here, this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the writers a little credit. Okay, we can't use the Fantastic Four yet. What can we do to replicate their abilities? And they, and they found an interesting way to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but I think obviously this is a path that we're going, and I do think we're going to either see empowered scrolls, if not a full super scroll, before this show is over. Probably, yeah. And, so, I, but I, I give him, I give him credit for taking the risk with it and coming up with a way to do it without going Fantastic Four rounds. Yeah, because when I think those combined powers, for some reason, I can't get out of my head the really stupid give Chris Evans everything. Oh uh, yeah, there was that, but we were let's not to think about that. Yeah, best not to think about that because that was just dumb. But I get, like I said, I think that's a that's going to be an interesting thing to see play out. But right, you David, know, I, you know, if you look closely on that monitor, you can mm -hmm. see uh, the words uh, "scroll soup" and under it it says Campbell's. 
<laughs> oh, what? That joke didn't work for you? Uh, that, that fell in that dad joke category, my friend. Oh, come on. Oh, I'm, oh, man, I'm, I'm too, I'm too young for that, that moniker. But, David, I want, I, I want to talk about my favorite thing of this episode. And there's a lot of good things in this episode. Yeah, go ahead. We, we, we barely but, even glossed any of it. But if we do not talk about how badass Sonya Fallsworth is. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. She walks into that interrogation with, the, with I'm going to assume, some kind of Russian spy soldier or elite unit or something. Hands over the phone. They all just walk out without any question. Right. right. Leave her alone with the scroll. Actually, her greatest line coming in, right? Yeah. Let's not forget. Uh, she's like, um, did your mother ever tell you you lose an eye beating your meat like that? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, the, okay, that to me and everything else she does, she does is like, okay, you're you're a Marvel thing, just fine. We've seen Marvel take a riskier moves, but you're also on Disney Plus. How am I watching this? Well, not only is she just ruthless between whether it be, whether it be the, the minor thing of cutting a scroll finger off or injecting him in the butt with some pretty nasty stuff. Right. And I also love the line, where's the escape hatch? Because she knows the shit's coming down. Right. She's like, where's the escape hatch? Why? Oh, just, no, just a guess. Yeah. So she is, inc- she is what, she is the epitome of what Fury would be right now. Absolutely, yeah. Actually, I got to take that back a bit because Fury, even in the movies, was never like this. Well, he he was never put in the opportunity to be like this either. Yeah, he he was never like this, dude. Yeah. And I've watched every movie since 2012. He was never like this. So... Yeah, no, I am loving Olivia Coleman. I cannot wait to see how this character is going to play out in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. But it's she has been a ton of fun. But the thing about this episode, David, and I'll see if you agree with me or not. This this episode really just put all of it moved a lot of pieces on the board. It's bringing pieces together like it's bringing Talos and Gaia together with along with um um, um Gravik. So you know that's coming in the next episode is those three getting yeah. together. We're not done with the Brody thing by a long shot. There's still a lot of questions there. Let's mm-hmm. find what what are we going to find out next episode about Nick and his wife? Uh I almost don't want to go down that weird rabbit hole. But I think they're gonna have to. We we were they're gonna have to give us a little bit of the backstory on that. Oh, that I know. Those- I know. They will because they can't they can't help themselves because Kevin oh. Feige's a goddamn egoist. But oh. I really don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Thank you very but much. But maybe the 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 writer of the show, which is um, Kyle Bradstreet, yeah, and Ali Salem, who is the director, both have gone on record and said, "Yes, you will get some more backstory on Nick Fury in this series." Mm. Let's be, we'll honest, let's be honest, all of these things are pretty much Kevin. I hardly think of anyone else involved at this point with the MCU. 
Uh, other people, there's, there's not enough Kevin Feige to go around and write all this stuff and direct all this stuff and do. Really, all this. ask his fan base because they sure act like they sure act as shit like he is. Oh, that, that it's it's all it's a physical impossibility unless he's been cloning himself. Mm. Well, so. again, ask his fan base the nice little sort of you know Marvel zombie effect he's created. Well, neither here nor there, but. I, I'm really looking forward to episode three because what we've seen too is especially in these six what Disney's done with these six episode series. Yeah. Episodes three and five seem to be the ones where the really big stuff happens. Yeah, I, I have a hard time thinking how much it could get bigger than these first two. Oh, I think there's some reveals. I I think I think Gravik really kind of puts everything into play and, and launches the master plan in episode three. I, I don't think episode three is going to feel real good for the good guys. Let me put it that way. Hmm. I think episode five, I think you're going to see the master plan for the scrolls kind of kick off and it's going to be the darkest before this. It's going to be the storm before the light of day. It's a six episode series. that are robbing themselves of a light of day. No. At least we're getting our episodes. Well, but the, not not even close. Okay? It's still truncated by the goddamn credits. So, not even close. But I, I, th- I think that's where we're at. And I, I, overall, David, I am, for the most part, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm going to rate, I'm happy, I'm very happy where, Se- where Secret Invasion has gone so far. Yeah. And I, I would say for me, just personally, as I would give it a solid B right now. Yeah, I would give it a B minus. I, I'm really intrigued by what they've got going on. I like the fact that they're playing a little bit of the Cold War spy game and using a little bit of the slow burn. But I think that the next episode is the episode where they've got they definitely it's it's time to light that light light a little fire into it and get the action up a little bit and start revealing what some of these plot points are. Right. No, I agree. The, the only reason I downgrade it a little lower than you is I look I, everyone loves this streaming stuff that this Disney Plus whatever. I mean you could be like Netflix and actually treating your shows a little better and proper, like giving them, oh, a good hour and a half. But that's a whole different story altogether. Uh, but I'm just like, your best stuff, you need to be, going forward, I think you need to be more like how you reevaluated Armor Wars and do a movie. Some things that you're doing are in the wrong place. So, and I know where you come from with that, and I, you know I respect it. Mm-hmm. I think in this case with Secret Invasion, because of the complexity of the story and all the elements that are involved with it, I do think going the six-episode route, and it could even have gone to ten. We'll see what happens, how it plays out. Yeah. But it being a streaming show because of what's going on with it, I think actually fits the narrative better. I think there's yeah, other... Okay, I can see that, but Kyle, the complexities of the story are already neutered from the source material because 
you do not have this. You do not have that. You well, do the, not I, that, have any that, that, of your important elements from that comic book. So yeah, already but, that argument is somewhat invalid. No, no, because, but, you, but you still have a lot of complexities with it. And I don't think, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think you can tell this story in two hours. I don't even think you can tell it in two and a half. I don't even think you can tell it in six. Well, and that's that's going to be the thing. We're going to see I'm we're... sorry. I do I do not trust Disney to do that with a goddamn streaming show. Well, I, all I'm saying is, is I, as far as that goes, I'll reserve that judgment once episode six has come out. Because here, here's my other feeling, David, and I'm going to say it. And I, I felt this way since the show was announced. Sure, go ahead. If everybody is looking for this show to end with a like quality like everything's wrapped up in a conclusion, tight little bow and a conclusion, it, I can tell you right now it's not. It was never going to be, no matter whether it was a movie or if it was a TV show, right? Because there are going to be things that happen in this show that are going to be affecting so many projects, right? Absolutely. Ahead. This, this show is going to have direct effects not only on the new Captain America movie. It's going to have direct effects on the Thunderbolts. Film. Look, you you and I know this for a fact. Yeah. None of the, none of these Marvel, you know, you know, Kevin Feige, Frankenstein hobbled together projects, end with a perfect bow on them. Not uh, not one, not a single one. I don't care who disagrees with that. It is true. We've seen seventeen years of this of of examples. Where n these movies don't tie tie randomly up together, tie with a bow, these things don't do that. They keep rambling on and on. That's why Kevin Feige was dumb enough in the beginning to make a joke of, uh, "Oh, it's Earth one nine 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 nine." Because he thought that's how long the MCU would go on. Well, I got news for you, Kevin. If you if if you do more stuff like this, it might go on. If you do more stuff like you were previously doing, guess what? It's gonna be dead on the vine. There. <sighs> So, so, so when are you when are you marching against Marvel Studios? <laughs> oh, shush. <laughs> uh. You you do realize I'm trying to make a very valid point, and I'm no, pissed, okay. I understand that. I mean, you and I have known each other a very long time, and I know I very much am familiar with your feelings towards Kevin Feige and the MCU. Mm-hmm. And all, all I'm, and all I am saying is, and everybody's valid to their own opinion. Yeah, I, of course. And I, and I get it. And you and I, we, we've had this conversation, and we respect each or each other's stances. Oh Come, yeah. I, on the one hand, I agree with you. I think the fan base has blown up Kevin Feige to to a level that's beyond what it should, what he should be. He uh, you know, goes without saying. But 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 he but Kevin Feige also has no control over the fan base and what they what they decide to do. Yeah, I know. There's just so much a cult leader can do about his cult. But I but I also but I also look at the aspect of we don't have any of this without Kevin Feige. You know that, and I know that. 
and again, there's things whether you like Kevin Feige or you don't like Kevin Feige, there are things that he's done that have stood up against Disney and stood up against throwing everything Marvel on streaming. Because if if Disney at one point had their way, there wouldn't have been a Marvel movie in the theaters. They would have all gone to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's fair. So all I'm saying is, Kevin Feige is ripe for criticism because Phase Four has not been what we expected. But I also, I also think there's a lot of. We talked about this the last time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, how I think there's been a lot. There's a lot more when we talk about Wakanda Forever. How there's a lot more things that have happened that have thrown curveballs into the Phase Four of the Marvel Universe. That oh never yeah, been. yeah, and Planned. that's not. That's why I was I was saying I do not necessarily want the MCU to stay in the. I'll just use your analogy with another show and another thing we talk about a Skywalker box, a sort of blip box, as it were. Oh, I, do I, not, I, I, I do not want you staying in a blip box. Why? Because we generally already have one. Instead well, of a, instead of an angry purple grave we call Thanos, we had a. Really weird, spiky beach ball with Greedo suction cups. Well, I, I, my, my feeling is, is that this will... I would not be surprised if this isn't the last show that really deals with flip things. Because I think we are dealing with the last character who we really haven't... Who's a major Marvel mainstay, mainstay who hasn't had... Who they really haven't addressed since Endgame. Yeah, that's fair. So I th I think we are going to start moving on from that because I think it is moving, it is time to move forward. And I think you know, we have we have so much other stuff that is happening in Hollywood and the creative performance right now that is going to affect things that nobody really has any control over right now. Mm. And, and I think though, and I, I've said this before on other shows, David, and um, I think it's I honestly believe that for the way things have been trending with fandom products. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say fandom product in general because I feel this way. Yeah, a bit of a break and a bit of a slowdown, and to have a chance to re really reassess and think instead of just going, 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 which has been kind of what's happening with all fandoms. Let's be let's be real honest about. Yeah. That. Okay, fine, go make your point. I think having a break to reassess and sort things and sort some things out and catch our breath a little bit. Is not necessarily a bad thing either. And I'm not saying it all comes to a screeching stop, but if there is a slowdown in how much is coming out on a constant basis, and I'm and I'm talking across the board, I think we if we had a little bit of a chance to catch our breath. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. I I'm gonna stop this part of the conversation right now because I know what it can dive into. Um... No, I I, but I, but I, all I'm saying, no, all no, I'm no, saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm stopping it right now, all right? Because I know what it can dive into, and I'm not going anywhere near that. Well, I wasn't planning on going in that direction. I just, like I said, I just think if we got a chance to kind of get our breath and clear the palate and then dive back in, it would be Yeah, bad. no, I, I'm, I'm putting a stop to it, all right? Uh, so, again, um... Before we wrap up, Kyle, yep. any other thoughts on just the first two episodes of Secret Invasion? 
I think it's something different from what Marvel has done in a while. Mm-hmm. I think obviously that it's not perfect, but I think it's off to an interesting start. I can see where it would not be everybody's cup of tea right. because, but I think this is something that for me personally, I'm intrigued. It has my attention. I'm curious to see which way it could go because this could go either very well or it could go off the rails. Right. And, yeah. No, I agree. And I think, I think right now the next couple episodes are key because I, I don't think it's about how they finish it up. It's about how they get to that point. And it, that's where I think the next couple episodes are really going to be key is how are we going to get to the point where we're going to be at what the status quo will be at when the show ends, because the status quo will have changed by the time the show ends for at least a section of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about you? Where, where are you at? after these first two episodes? Um, well, again, with... Again, with Marvel, it's it's a fairly... It's a fairly mixed bag. Because uh, on the one hand, uh, I like what you're doing. Uh, but on the other hand... You did that that ending of your first episode, and granted, you didn't telegraph it. You know, you didn't emphasize. You know how most shows in the '90s, Kyle would would really telegraph a character and emphasize, like, "Oh, we're getting a lot of backstory on this character," and and very sympathetic to her, and. You know, pretty much the shit Game of Thrones would do for every fucking week it was on. And then it would just, you know, axe that person off. So you didn't you didn't telegraph it, so I'll give you that. But you also did quite a number on uh on the emotions of people who do like that character. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Marvel. I'm as much as I'm enjoying this show. I'm uh, or I'm not forgiving you for that. As much as I've enjoyed uh, some of your other stuff, I'm not forgiving you for the way just your universe in general has utilized women because I think it's terrible. It's a terrible utilization of women. And yes, yes, anybody who who throws a, a fit about that, well, then guess what? I don't want you here. All right? Go somewhere else. There are millions of other shows probably preaching the same bullshit you're doing, um, whatever that may be. I, I'm not doing that here. All right? So, go away. So I'm I'm fairly mixed on the whole thing, but I'm just like I'm interested, at least. You know, I mean, granted, I'd be more interested if it was an actual show instead of a goddamn appetizer. I get so annoyed by this six episode trend. I mean, it. it Look, at least we've got 
And I'll just, you know, reach into the multiverse of franchises here and and see, you know, something in my sights in another month. At least we've got this show, Ahsoka, that's going to be eight. Not six. Six is dumb. That's not even a show. That's not even something that you can really sink your teeth into. That's that's barely an amuse-bouche. But it's awfully amusing, so I'll give you that, Marvel. <sighs> is, is, it, is it safe to speak on the podcast again? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you you have valid points, sir. Um, I, I The six-episode thing it was annoying for Kenobi as well. So. Oh, it was very annoying. It was about as annoying as the fact that you're still using the volume and what should be a big epic fight was no more epic than a bunch of kids with, uh, you know, uh, Christmas wrapping tubes playing lightsabers, uh, um, you know, playing peekaboo. So, I... I, 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 I think ultimately, at the end of the day, when we look at, Mar- at Marvel specifically, because mm-hmm. they, they're they in this format where this ultimate tie together with other things format, and I don't foresee it necessarily changing. It could, it could, it could adapt some and be modified some, but I don't right. necessarily see it going away. But I think unlike... A, Ken- a Kenobi show mm-hmm. where, you know, that's, it's that one story and it's done. Yeah. We knew that here with Marvel and the, and a, and a six episode count. And I understand a little bit too, why it's probably only six episodes. I mean, Sam is no spring chicken. No, no, he's not. I mean, what was the, um, he was, he was, uh, 70 around the time of jumper, wasn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Sam is no spring chicken. Yeah, he's so, no spring chicken. I do not see him hanging around Marvel uh, MCU for that much longer, to be honest. But I think we have to look at, especially with this series, because I think this series is a little different than anything else they've done on Disney Plus. It is. In yeah. the aspect of this, really does feel like it's also a bridge series. That it's a it's telling a story that has go, is going to have a lot of effect on other other aspects going forward and we kind of know that oh it is yeah so at six episodes we kind of have to look at this as kind of like okay this is a bridge into the next chapters so this is just a chapter in the story it's not and i think with this i'm, I'm saying all shows but with this show we have to take that into some consideration we don't have to i'm not saying we have to like it well no nope. no i agree it feels more like I was saying at the top of the show, it feels more promising than, you know, Feige's basically BS claim that every show was going to, you know, connect your movies. It's like, um, I would argue that I've seen She-Hulk. No, well, we'll see. There's still rumors that She-Hulk might appear in Brave New World. Yeah, I understand that, but you know that's the biggest one to argue that theory with at the moment. Uh, actually, no, the biggest one to argue that theory for me with at the moment is I, I still don't see how they incorporate United in something else. 
that we know is coming out right now. Well, yeah, but that also is the conversation of, um, you know, how in the world does Mark Spector, um, you know, mix with the mix with any of the other team? Yeah, no, that's well, that's always been that they've even tried to address that in the comics. So yeah, and how has that been going? Well, they let's just say the MCU heroes Moon Knight is not one of their favorite people. No, no, no. I want to I want to see you know Mark Spector and Bruce Banner be college roommates. That'd be kind of amusing. A new form of boosting buddies. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. All of a sudden, we just gave the MCU a future idea. No. <laughs> Jesus. Call me Feige. Call me. It'd I be, got ideas. It'd be like <laughs> watching uh, Turner in a very schizophrenic hooch. Mm. There you go. Well, I, I think on that note, it might be time to uh, close up the Cosmic Cube for the, this ep- this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, especially if we. Uh, Especially if we uh, reach bosom buddies as a comparison. Hey, I, I I have a gauntlet. I'm one snap away from it. I'm just saying. Oh God, oh God, don't do it. All right, so again, that'll bring us to the end of this premiere episode for Just Call Me Fury: Secret Invasion Classified. So, programming note: we will be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of uh, Secret Invasion. Streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. Uh, so the next show we'll be talking episodes three and four, and then two weeks following will be five and six, and then we'll probably have a, a wrap up uh, show following talking the you know series overall. Uh, so uh, Kyle again, thank you for joining me and filling in on this. Um, on just uh, our regular Marvel cast uh, flagship show, or this one in particular. So thank you, my friend. Well, it's always a pleasure. And if you hear that sound, it means next week on Disney Plus you will be watching MCU presents the Marvel Boots and Buddies. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, it is inevitable. Oh, uh, uh, the magic of editing, folks. I can, I can. You know, Kyle, you think you can snap that existence into existence? I can edit it right back out. <laughs> All right. Well, gang, until next week, uh, or next time, gang, until next time, uh, we'll just end with this. Trust no one. Thanks for listening to Just Call Me Fury, Secret Invasion Classified. Fury. Since you've been gone. Covering the MCU series G Secret Invasion. Things have gotten much worse. Streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. All Things MCU Marvel is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. You're in no shape for this fight that lies before us, old friend. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only. All rights reserved. This is personal. Very few of us know about the wars fought in the shadows that have raged on this planet. Do you feel responsible? And no infringement intended. 
are the Avengers? This war is one I have to fight. Alone. Wanted man on the planet. You don't know what they have planned for you. The Great Nick Fury.